special joy these Tuesdays have given us. The fact that a lot of people who can't make it on the weekends, who can't afford the bread that the usual shows cost, and come here on Tuesday nights and hang out and listen to some of the sounds coming on in the Bay Area. Uh, past Tuesday night people are some of the other people who are going to be playing this week. Santana started on the Tuesday here. And Power started on the Tuesday. And this is another group I think in the months and the years to come we're going to hear a lot from. Would you welcome, please, Marla. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Oh, 
Streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Come watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, join us 215 for 16 Candles with Warren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 315, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 320. <laughs> Kids, it's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown in on. I'll, it's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. Sweet Throughout. comic. 
neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fri- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. Two seven eight one twenty first Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Trustees, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Best Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need. Ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday, or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! Even in the drizzle, but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. Take it with the freezers. Reservations on Eventbrite. Talk in public schools. In a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy, 
Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand-up comedy and those that, who's that? <laughs> Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows.
feel right in the middle. I'm no spring chicken, but I'm not an old lady. I bring this up and I say, hey, you can see I'm talking, you can see my, here, let's press. We're training, hey, everybody, this is great. Okay, so you can see my levels, you can see my voice is a little loud. These are also weirdly directional, so if it's like this and you're here, you don't get that. We did that, remember, we did that at the thing. So, there you go, there's one, but the way to do it, where you mute the, let's mute the, 
Hi, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, how you doing? I heard you got a new show happening here. Are you going to talk to me? Oh, okay, so the way that you can talk, once that, you actually hang up the phone and talk to me through your, bring up mic one. There you go. Mic one. Yeah, bring it up, and you can talk to me through there. Oh, bring, bring it up more than that. More than that. And then, yeah, bring it up on that. Okay, good. And talk to me through there. Oh, hi, Pam. We're so glad to have you on air. Hey. So what, uh, how's your day today? It was, you know, pretty darn good. We've got this new show with this super cool girl, Kat Casabo, and this really awesome name. I don't know, I, I Not Robot? That sounds rad. Like, what's your show going to be about? Yeah, that's, um, it's going to be about how AI and uh, all the new technologies are just going to impact our lives and that we still need to become and uh, remain human. Rad. Yeah, because the AI is taking over. Are you going to have Chad GPT as one of your guests? Yes, yes. It's going to be powered by Chad GPT. I actually, one of my friends was doing a Chad GPT thing and um, I asked Chad, um, if, if he would date me, and he said he couldn't because he was a robot AI. <laughs> and I was like, this could be the best relationship I've ever had. Yeah. All right, so now you know how to do the phone. So when you want to say goodbye to me, you just press the red button. Okay, um, Pam, it's been delight having you on the show. Bye-bye. Yay.
There you go. Hi. Hey, Pat. How you doing, Kakasabo? It's nice to be on your it's amazing inaugural show. Yeah, it's amazing how professional you sound in my inaugural. Oh yeah, you know, I've got my, I've got my radio voice on. Yes, you do. Uh, I have a question for you, Pat. Mm -hmm. um, how worried are you about the AI taking over your job? You know, not too worried because I do stand-up comedy and. I guess Spotify, it already kind of has, because isn't Spotify kind of a robot that chooses music for you, or you choose your own music and then it plays it back music. to you? What about jokes? Well, when that's the thing is, I've heard Jap Chad GPT is pretty good at writing jokes, but... Have you tried it yourself? Uh, no, I've only tried to write poetry with Chad, and it was not as successful as I was hoping. Uh, he's not as romantic, okay. and doesn't necessarily... But the problem is that he can learn, so... I learn from your own stuff, right? right. So when I throw in my poetry and I have like oblique uses for interesting words, suddenly he comes out with them too. Oh. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. So I didn't want to feed too much to Chad because then I feel like I love he's taking my. I don't want him to understand my style. Oh, you want to keep it like human? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, po poetry specifically is like, but also comedy because the entire thing is to try to relate to your audience and have them understand who you are as a person and understand your perspective on something right. that's happening, whether it be observational comedy or whether it be a story about your life or how you do jive or don't jive with society. And I don't know that robots could necessarily create art that magnifies the human spirit uh -huh. like uh -huh. uh, isn't that the purpose of art is to somehow have other humans uh, see and appreciate your experience how you've what through whatever medium you've presented it to them yeah or um, art have you seen the generative art like mm -hmm. how beautiful it can get so visual artists they're the AIs after them Sure. Well, one of my buddies, I wrote a story for his comedy, um, for his comedy news thing, and he said, "Hey, for art here, what do you think?" And he showed me some art, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "A computer did it." Yes. And I'm like, "Excuse yes. me?" And he goes, "I just put in three words. I put in breast milk, Cambodia, and something else, and it's out came right? this art that was like, uh, whoa! That I just was like blown away. So maybe I mean." If the robots, if the robots are coming after us, you know, Maybe so be it. Lean back and chill now. Like no more work needed to be done. I mean, I guess, but we still. If uh, the thing I don't understand is, why aren't we using AI for the, like, okay, so I just watched this documentary on salt farmers in, um, salt farmers. in India, right? Yeah. And it's this ancient thing. Farming salt. 
Right. So they go, there's a place where every year it monsoons, but then in the summer it's completely dried up. Oh, right. So they come, they build themselves a temporary shelter, they dig up all their stuff from the year before that they've put in the ground and buried for, the, for when the storms come, and then they pump up all of this groundwater that has salt in it, and they literally make fields, and they stand together and they're like, pushing down the sand with their little feet and or their, the salt. It's this incredible, it's intensive, but it's the way they've been doing it for 4,000 years and they still do it this way and that's what, and I was like, the first thing we should be doing is having robots do that shit, man. Like, manual labor? Wouldn't that be the first thing that you'd say, hey, we don't need to have, like, people do manual labor and slave in the hot sun to pick strawberry like we could but then if we don't have migrant workers what are we doing to their jobs they have it but then that's the thing too what do we learn in the pandemic we don't need money they just gave us all money like yeah. obviously we don't need that was the thing i got so angry about forgiving the fucking student loans and everybody getting twenty thousand dollars why didn't you do that 20 years ago why didn't you i mean college was so hard and now the just make it free if it could be free why not make it free if life can be free why not have it be free why have it be this like expensive thing where like all the haves have all this money but they all got it in their account and then people are doing their taxes right now and one of my buddies who works her ass off she had to pay federal taxes and i'm like what the fuck is going on this i mean anyone pay anyone making under a hundred thousand dollars it's a pittance why aren't we taxing the people that have 40 billion dollars and instead, they're after the $400 from Lauren Kraut. Jesus Christ, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It just... So You're such an amazing guy that I have oh. no idea how to work with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, let's turn this into a pan-socialist monologue. Ah, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, no more socialist monologues. But you're from, you're from a socialist country, I'm no? I'm from a country which got really fucked up by socialism. And um, I experienced what it did Know, this egalitarian, we're all equal. Even if someone needs to be fed, we will eat together. Well, who are those haves? Who are not those have-nots? And if you don't have money or capitalism to do that, we're just going to be some random people in Paris, apparatchiks, and just calling shots. And I think that's what happened in my family, that my parents couldn't go to college, not because of money, because their parents pissed off someone in the, oh, in the party. Wow. So, I mean, I didn't, I'm not saying capitalism is fairest, See, I've, I'm more of a utopian socialist, and I understand. I understand that communism can't work on a large scale because communism—the word comes from what commune, which is communal, meaning living together. So I believe that communism can only truly function in groups of 50 or smaller. Because you have to know people's first and last names to give a fucking shit about them. Because otherwise, you're like, why am I working hard for this Yahoo that I don't know? Like well, what? Someone needs to be in charge, right? And how how do you pick those people to be in charge if you have like a nation which is run by communists? Right. So there's like the best connected. Like you 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 turn you, you end up with a like very it's like still someone is in charge and it's still unfair. Well, fair isn't equal. Fair is what everybody needs, and so I don't think fair doesn't need to. We, we don't. We don't all need, that's the thing, as fair as what everybody needs, and some people don't need billions of dollars. I feel like really with a million, you should be fine. So we have some people that need shoes, and we have, 
I mean, walk around the city and it's raining yesterday and there's people with no housing and no shoes. And what in our system says that's okay? Well, because they're not good enough or they did something wrong and they don't have money. So if they don't have money, obviously they're not a good enough person or they did something bad in their past life because they... And that's how the Christian, the Christian right moralizes it and says, well, I have money because God loves me and because I'm a good person. Exactly. Well, the manifest destiny of everything I see is mine because God ordained it yes. that way. And they're like, these heathens don't believe in our God. That makes them heathens. Therefore, all of this is ours. And if we could see how wrong that, how entitled that is, it's... And that's the, that's the thing that America bothers, it bothers me the most is the, the entitlement of people that think that they deserve more because they're somehow special. And, you know, and it's like, uh, well, you're not special. Yeah. I love the music in the background. It's yeah. Very, very cinematic. Yeah, that Chernobyl thing, that was, that was, I watched that. That was so hard to watch because I was just like, they didn't give a fuck about those people. And when they were doing the, when the, when the Chernobyl blew up and they were cleaning up all of the crazy radiation stuff and they had dudes, they had dudes, they were like, okay, go in there. Here's some metal to cover up your junk. Good luck. You're saving all of Russia right now. Go. And they were like, okay. And thousands of people died of horrible radiation poisoning and cancers in later life. Wow, that's wild. Because even uh, the the fallout, it blew everywhere. It went, it went, yeah. it covered so yeah, much space. Europe. And we and we didn't know at that point about what the long-term effects were. Like, there's like three-eyed wolves running around in certain parts of Russia, right? Like, oh. I've heard about them. Vice did a story. They went to Chernobyl and they were like, "There's three-eyed wolves running around." I was like, what? the cover-up and that's you know mind-blowing they're just like well but you know what i appreciated is in their cover-up they were still honest basically what they were saying is our we don't give a shit about our people they are expendable to us and i prefer that sort of like more open honesty to the way the united states does it where we pretend that we give a shit about our people but really look at the i mean look at the opiate uh, epidemic and how many thousands of people yeah. have died and yeah. we don't give a fuck but like we do we're so caring and we just want the best for our citizens but okay i i i you're like calling out the u.s set up on, on this type of thing yeah like you, what you're saying like in eastern or in russia i mean not even Czechoslovakia, right it's not even part of the soviet union it's part of the soviet union but like they're just like what's your team what's your dad we don't care about you like you're disabled oh die yeah. what can you do Eugenics, 
or, or yeah, yeah. But that we just, I, if you have money, that's the whole thing about the United States. If you have money, we care. We're just little walking dollar bills to them. We're just little consumers. And the more you consume, the better American you are. And if you're not consuming enough, well then get a credit card and start consuming more, right? Buy a new car, consume more. Like we can take on so much debt and everyone's okay with that. And you need it because you have to prove to everybody else that you're a person and you're rich. Because if you don't prove that you're rich or you're cool, or you're cool enough not to be rich, if you don't prove that in some external way through your cute shoes or your funky hat or your, you know, whatever thing, that I'm, your iPhone 11, that's the, you know, okay, this is the joke that people make that makes me just so, like, gross is when they're like, Oh, I won't date him because he has a Samsung. Oh, Android users, they give a blue bubble. Gross. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to judge someone on the phone? Like, I can't even understand how my smartphone works. And you're going to judge me because the thing I don't understand how to use doesn't, isn't the same as your thing, that the little computer in your pocket? But do you do you find that you do you find that you judge people like that all the time? You walk down the street and you go like that person's fat, that person's skinny, that person looks cool. Like what do you or do you? I don't. I, of course not. Some people might. Okay. Were you like a figure skater when you were little in Slovenia? Slovakia. Slovakia. Um, I'm no, sorry. I oh, nice. Uh, you oh, just because I was, I just love figure skating. Oksana Bayul. Um, uh, the reason I'm Katarina Witt. Hell yeah. Yes. Love ice skating. Um, also, um, in Russia, I figured everyone was either an ice skater or, or a gymnast. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, it's such a jerk. But um, <laughs> I had a joke about Melania for Melania, Melania, Melania. Yeah. Which, and I was like, I don't know. Slovenia. Right. So I was like, is she from Slovenia or Slovakia? I don't know. Oh, that makes sense. Well, both, both, um, both countries border Hungary, and my God, she's starving. Someone give that bitch a sandwich, <laughs> right? I don't know what country she's from. She looks great, but she looks hungry. So, thank you. Yeah, I can't do it anymore because she's not around. No one cares about her. Well, no one did either. Maybe. I just, I wanted to use, I wanted to write jokes about her. Oh, probably. Yeah, pick it up. Try it out. So turn your music down first. Is it blinky blinky? Just talk to them and say. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you missed it. 
They'll call back. Yeah, sweet Gail calls all the time. Uh, they want to talk to you. Sure, no, they, uh, people call it. So Sweet Gail is um, a person who used to be a comedian. Hey, Sweet Gail. She doesn't actually listen. She just calls in because she's lonely. Uh, and she wants to talk to people. So if she ever does call, she's wild. She's an older woman, and she say the weirdest shit. But it, she, it's also kind of a mitzvah to help her out because she doesn't interact with very many people. So it's a nice, it's like community service when you talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a, it's just, Mutiny Radio is a wild place. Yeah. Sure, yeah. So we already interviewed our first guest, Pam Benjamin. Let's talk to Creepy guy just coming in off the street. Uh, saw, uh, saw pretty blonde. Heard you talking about uh, Slovakia. Slovakia. Kind of excited about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you're 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 blonde. That's great. Yeah. So where's the coolest destination you've ever been? Oh, the coolest destination I've ever been to. Yeah. And a penchant for Manzanillo, Mexico. Manzanillo, where the uh, Mexicans go to vacation. Oh, you know, uh, Pam would like to say something. Uh, Pam, you wanted to chip in something about Mexico? Uh, you know, I try not to go to Mexico very often. Uh, I mean, I do. I like it, but only really only on Baja because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I really love fish tacos. So that's kind of my thing. Oh, okay, good. Um, so back to the creepy guys. Fish tacos pretty good. I'll, uh, I'll eat your fish taco there. That's nice. That's uh, But you, you got two guests, you know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta turn them all on, baby. You gotta turn them I all up. You gotta turn. like the creepy guys. Just like, the creepy guys. But uh, this is, this is oh, cute. So but you can leave them all up. It doesn't matter. There you go. See, you can leave them up. It just doesn't. There's like, yeah, keep on up, baby doll. Keep it up. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep it up over here. You know what I'm saying? Our stage guest chip in. We're on air. It's a lot of it's a lot of multitasking right now. It's a lot of multitasking. This is actually going to uh, this is this is actually going to it'll it'll be up live because we're technically in a time period that has its own um, slot. But we'll when we're done, we'll take that. I'll show you how to save that Amadeus and we'll send it to you so that you can listen to it later and see and we'll look at it and all that. Amazing! Yeah. I think Amazing. that for you, the only thing that's happening is you've just got to be a little closer to your microphone. Like oh, that's right. gonna be, yeah. I know I got to make a new swing arm for that one because it's broken. You I'll fix that. 
Looks hmm. like. I might have one on the ground. Who knows? It's this place is like uh, it's just a Rubik's cube. Of, yeah. Yeah, or you can sometimes I t pull it out and just hold it like a like a stand-up comedian. Yeah, you can also. There, yeah. So where where's your next show that you're going to be performing? Oh, uh, you mean in my stand-up comedian self? Yeah. I am uh, getting my first book show. Fantastic. On uh, Monday in Harside um, Long in Alameda. All right, that's fantastic. Yeah, they, so Patrick pulled you off of the Thursday yes. open mic. That's fantastic. Yes. You get paid for that show. That's yes. good. And you get you get drink tickets. Yes. And it's a really great little venue. It's uh, They have a cute little stage. And every, every time I've been there, they've, been, they've had audiences. So that's rad. And I have some friends who live in Alameda who are coming to see me on the show. Hell so yeah. Happening. I'm Yay. turning pro, baby. You get paid. Um, I saved the, um, the first $10 I ever made doing comedy. I have it framed. Yeah, and so when you walk so in my you front get, door, you get paid cash or Venmo. I got paid cash, okay. but no, that I mean, but also this was 11 years ago before Venmo existed, so I just framed my ten dollars. You've been only doing this for like 11 years. Yeah, coming up on my 12th anniversary will be July 17th, 2023. The first time I got paid was 10, 10, 11. So, uh, so the first time I ever did stand up was. July 17th, 2011. And the I have photographic memory. And the first time I got paid was 10, 10, 11. Yeah. And it was from, it, it was called, um, it was, a, it was called the, play, no, they changed it to be called the playground. It was called, oh God, and I remember the door guy was Aaron and the guys running it were Jason Dove, Matt Lou, and... Alex Q. Huffman, and it was at, no, they're old, they're comics that don't do comedy anymore, of course not, everyone quits after five years, except for people like me that just stay in it because we hate ourselves. Yeah, in San Francisco, after four, four or five years, people either move to LA or New York because they think that they're special, and then they get there, and they're like, wow, I'm really a pile of dog shit, or they quit altogether. Um, Have you had any Yeah, David Borey. Um, he was the voice of Comedy Central. I think he still might be. He's a big comedian, uh, literally and figuratively, but he works, he's like real now. David Borey. David Borey. Yeah, it's spelled with a, it's G-B-O-R-I-E. Uh, and, you know, almost every comedian that's passed at the punchline has been through. Marty Cunney started here. Brooke Heineken started here. Max Eddy started here. Ian Levy started here. Ryan Levine started here. I mean, give me a name. And and they've been, they came to Joke Workshop. You can go back through the old Joke Workshops and you can listen to them. Sure. So it depends. Because we're um, internet streaming, we are like the Wild West. But if you, so if you, <laughs> we don't pay for any of that DSM stuff, not DSM, DCSIM, something like that, because we don't make any money. So we can't really pay for any rights, but it's never been a problem unless you're paying, playing a lot of copyrighted stuff and you're not talking over it and it's just music 
and you're applying it to Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes. iTunes will come after you. Like, let's just say that you're not doing, because you're a content creator. When you yeah. talk to people and yeah. you're yeah. interviewing them and talking about robots, yeah. you're a content creator. So you're fine. So I can talk over other people's yes. stuff. No problem. But if you just decide to be like, I'm Kat Gazabo and I'm going to play a bunch of music one after the other, and you play a bunch of songs and they aren't by local bands or they're just, you know, like if you played Madonna or something. You like to call it the royalties. Well, you don't have to pay the royalties, but what will happen is that iTunes will kick your podcast off their, off their platform. So that's the only, so there's, there's a guy here, Bug House Square Tuesdays from, uh, six to ten yeah he's uh rad and but he plays a lot of you know music a lot of it's a lot of it's local bands a lot of people send him stuff that he plays and he calls it sounds from the basement but he has been flagged and dumped from itunes podcast index yes exactly yeah but if you're if you're, just like what you're doing right now, Cope, she's not going to come after us for this. Also, she gave us this CD when she was in, she was here in the studio. Yeah, but if you play, I mean, even let's say you're playing Simon and Garfunkel behind us. It's low enough and we're talking over it that you're creating a new sound document. You're not playing Simon and Garfunkel to be Simon and Garfunkel. You're like having it as ambient sound behind what you're doing. It won't kick you out, no. It won't kick you out. No, I don't know because you're still not plagiarizing their music because you're creating content on top of it. I that's can use their stuff to create my own thing. Well, yeah, that's how Scotto gets away with it because he's taking old vinyl and he's mixing it up. So it's never really the same. The same. It's not it's Simon and Garfunkel. He might play a clip from Simon and Garfunkel or he might have it playing behind when something else is playing, but it's almost like when you're doing a mashup. Okay. And so it's not illegal because you're creating your own sound document. Okay, right. got it. The other question, if I want to have my podcast annotated, you know, like in a 159 intro, 254, like all these things, how do I, do people do that here? I, have, I haven't heard of anybody doing that. But you, you, but you know what I mean, right? Like if someone, like a... Yeah, if you wanted to tell people, and I mean, I could spend that time and do that on, for Joke Workshop and be like, ooh, Katka was yeah. at... For, yeah, exactly. And it, and when you look at the podcast, you can see that. But that's just extra work for you. I mean. I'm thinking of something else. Right. If I want to take, who owns, who owns the sound? Like if, who owns what sound? Like the, the, the files. Like am I. You do. I own it. It's my thing. It's your thing. I mean, we we house it on our on our index, on our website. But the, whatever you create is like yours. My, it's yours. Yeah, we're not going to. The, the only thing I do with the files from the index is I copy paste them and spread them around on Facebook and stuff so people can listen to it. And so they, because a lot of times what people will do is they'll start a podcast and they're like, why is nobody listening? And it's like, okay, so you're creating all of this water. You're creating a lake of water, but then it's hard to get the horses to come to the water, right? And so it's, that's like Mutiny Radio is this huge, enormous lake of content and it just sort of sits there and it's until you find a creative way to lead the horses. It, I mean, it exists and it's yours, but it's sort of like, well, what do you want to do with it? Yeah, my, my friend, my co-host, is background in marketing. And 
Yeah, that's great. And, um, so do people have like, their own website for the podcast? If you want to. Yeah, um, on our Mutiny Radio website. That's what we just sent to suggest. She also does the website. So when you set up your show, you'll have your own page, basically, within the... Right. And we don't... You could do anything you want. This is basically like a rental space where we provide you a podcast index and an RSS index. And what you choose to do with that is your business. If you want to have a sponsor that gives you money to run their commercials and you want to do that, good. Just give me my hundred bucks a month. Like we're fine. That's your money. Make money off. I've been telling people forever. Make money off your stuff. Do whatever you want. No, no one does anything. Everyone is lazy. And they just, this is, I mean, this is like a fun hobby for a lot of people. And they don't know how to take it to the next level. Neither do I. But I just, you know, do, do, do every week. And, you know, eventually something will happen somewhere or not. I mean, I think it's just fun to have recorded sets from comedians every week, you know? Okay, so it's okay to take Yeah. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, that's the thing is, this is just sort of a, a basic framework for stuff. I mean, even if you wanted to, you know, if you want to start producing shows out of here, you, you're welcome to it. I'll just, you know, charge you a little to run it and you make make some money. Great. Comedy, com- yeah, like comedy or uh, people have bands come in sometimes. Yeah, the only thing is that we're in no duck facility, meaning. We, we can't. We don't. We don't have alcohol. We don't sell alcohol. We don't allow alcohol. Okay. Um, Can I pitch you an idea? Like, drink, maybe like, a, like some kind of yeah, I do have, like, a lot of like a friend, you know, part of powder drink, and they're just like don't, they're looking for stage time, but not for comedy, but not to like, get ready for their big stage. Sure. Like, yeah. So I'm thinking of like um, creating a workshop for them. That's great. Kind of, like, Yeah. Absolutely. We have so much empty time in our schedule. It's mind-blowing. And any any possible way to bring more attention to this place or to create revenue is like, hell yeah. Because I'm like, I I hope this Lauren Kraut, that if this Lauren Kraut show sells out, I'm going to be doing at least one a month. How many tickets do you have? 30 tickets. We have 30 chairs. That's it. Well, we have, so the only thing, but we haven't sold any tickets yet, but there's only 30 chairs. So, but it's also a week and a half away. So I figure, come on, we're going to get it done. But if we sell it out, which would be, even if we just sell 25 seats, it'd be incredible. I could pay Lauren 150 bucks. I could pay my host hundred bucks. And then the station gets 500, which is incredible because the station needs fucking money. And so. Is it you producing it? Yeah. So it's not Lauren. No, this is me. This is me. Right. This is me trying to make money for the station because I, I was like, some guy approached me and he was like, hey, I'd like to do a fundraiser for you. And I'm like, fantastic, do it. And then he's like, and I need this from you and this from you. And I'm like, it sounds like you want me. It sounds like you want to use Mutiny Radio's name for you to make money. And then you're going to throw us like 200 bucks. And he's like, well, how many tickets do you think you can sell? And I'm like, no, no, see, that's not how fundraising, when you say you're going to bring me a fundraiser, I shouldn't have to sell all the tickets. Like, why would I? So from that idea and him trying to do that, I was like, well, why don't I? If I can sell 25 tickets at 25 bucks a piece, that's $750. Give Lauren 150, give my host Emma 100, 500 for the station. I, I mean, because I am the station. So that's like, that's, 
It's like, woo. But if I could do one of those a month, like, this is, it would be, whew, it would be great. I need, I need, I need, the place needs the money. So, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to think creatively and do other, I'm trying to find of other, like, revenue-catching ways. Yeah, because, like, I'm right now in these both two worlds, right? Like, the comedy people who are super creative, super funny, but, like, not really business people, right? Yeah. And I, and I bicker on what I do. Oh yeah. More stage time, and then I have those people who are like, I have so much. I, like I, I'm on the stage all the time, and I don't know how to make money. I'm like, oh well, there might be some ways how to like, you know, yeah. Pay what the other people need. So that's uh, yeah. I'm just hitting a toast match. Ooh, I know about those. I mean, it's a great way for people. I mean, I think it's a lovely way for people to hone their public speaking skills if they have great fear about being on stage. It's not something that I would ever. Well, I mean, I have, I'm fine with, fine, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. But I know what, what I'm thinking is like those matters like for people who are shy to like even speak up to like sure. get to like the, the stage, right? And then you have those who are like, okay, but they want to get to the next level and there's nothing for them. There's nothing for them, yeah. There's nothing for them. And they have no idea, yeah. And especially if you have a big speech or if you work somewhere and you have to talk in front of 100 people but you've never done that before. hire a coach who's going to like be first or always coach you. No, you have to be in person, yeah. No, that's amazing idea. Sure. That's great. No, it's not. I mean, elitist is it's giving people the opportunity for stage time in context and other than right, other than comedy. There's all kinds of ways that people use stage time. So confidence, even as confidence. Yeah, some people are just so scared. I mean, yeah. everyone, right? Like the first time on the stage. Like yeah, I guess so. Giving the the business people, or like people who have like real other other jobs, the chance to like um, train public speaking and conquer their fears. I heard that public speaking, speaking in public, is the biggest fear of people ever in the history of ever. And it's just so funny because it's nothing, right? Like it's nothing. Be, Sure. Yeah. Public speaking, you know, like I think in the ancient time, your ancient writing, you said something to make you not part of the group anymore, ostracized or whatever. Sure, it's a great word. You would be really held up. Right. So there's a reason why people don't like public speaking. It's a bit of high risk, potentially high risk activity. Right. I've just never, I've always loved being on stage. So for me, it's a completely foreign concept. I just can't imagine people not wanting attention. Like that's hard for me to conceptualize in, in any way. Like I, I'm trying to be empathetic toward them, but I'm like, you don't like to be on stage? What's wrong with you? Yeah, that sounds, all these ideas are fantastic. Yeah, let, um, put up the music, and uh, we'll get out of here. A little higher.
Yeah, no, because we're talking about that thing that's happening Saturday. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, we know a couple things. Yeah. Um, I, I feel confident. You know, it's on March 18th. We got that much. Okay, we got a day. 8 p.m. Uh, eight, day. We got a time. Cool. Okay. That Mutiny Radio. We got a place. Uh, Where's that? Mutiny Radio. Oh, I think it's uh, 2781 21st Street. Oh, yeah, because I got to put it on the poster. Okay. Uh, $25. Uh, it's pretty reasonable. For, you might not. Well, plus, you know, it's going to be headlining as Lauren Kraut. Whoa. Yeah. But it's pretty important. What are we going to call that? I don't know. What are we going to call the show? I don't know. Because it it's got to be something big and epic. Because she's yeah. been to, like, Cobb's Punchline. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. Place, you got to right? think Kraut of the Box. Wow. Huh? <laughs> what if it was more like a like a Krautastic voyage? Oh, that's some pretty Krautical thinking on your part, Dominic. <laughs> I kraut hardly wait to go see that show. Uh, one, two, three strikes. You're kraut. I didn't. Yeah. I okay. I'm. Be, I'm gonna. I'm gonna step in here and let's just call it. Mutiny Radio presents Lauren Kraut. That How about that? Well, it's very straight. Very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. I right? guess if you yeah. want to be all business about it. Ooh, Ooh business. <laughs> so it'll be like Mutiny Radio presents your headliner Lauren Kraut Saturday March 18th at oh. 8 p.m. Featuring, at, featuring Pam Benjamin. Featuring the one and only Pam Benjamin. $25, 8 p.m. Cool. And it's at Crowd of This World. Crowd about. Crowdfunding campaign. Lauren's store for you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that That's was good.
All right, Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much for being here. Give it up for yourselves for coming out to the seventh Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Give yourselves up more. Give it up more than that. What was that? Come on, Jesus Christ! Wow. Let's get some energy in this place. Holy cow! This is going to be a great time. My name is Alex Kaufman. We have a really fun show in store for you tonight. Um, I uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm super stoked to be here. I got here. Uh, I came here all the way from Montana. Uh, super fun. Uh, drove here from Montana actually. Uh, drove through a lot of small towns. The way you can tell which towns are populated by, uh, by like remote tech workers now is uh, like I drove through one town that had a fancy bowling place. Like, I don't know who looked at bowling and thought this is what we need to be gentrifying, but they, <laughs> they did it. Uh, they like gentrifying bowling is like going to a thrift store and trying to upcycle a wife beater. You know what I mean? It doesn't <laughs> make sense. Gentrifying bowling is like house flipping in a trailer park. Uh, 
which is mean because tornadoes do it enough. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not kind. Uh, boy, I, uh, I'm sure right after the show I'm going to go get a stiff drink. I uh, started drinking way too much during the pandemic. Uh, the way that I realized that is I figured I'd take like a two-week break. Two-week break from drinking. About a week into that break, uh, I was shaky all the time. I was cold constantly. I couldn't sit still at all. I uh, thought I was going through withdrawals. Turned out it was just COVID, though. So that was a relief somehow. Uh, that was good news in my book. Uh, started drinking too much partially because uh, my girlfriend got a cat. Uh, she got this cat. I'm supposed to say we got a cat, by the way. Uh, we got a cat. She's got so much anxiety, though, that now the only thing that we talk about is that cat's funeral. Like, it's <laughs> she's so worried about this cat dying. Like, the day after uh, we got him, she was already picking out an urn. She started price shopping crematoriums, which... <laughs> You think of it, actually sounds like a place a cat should love. Yeah, crematorium. I'll wait. That's there. You go. Uh, also, sounds like the place where they make creamsicles, maybe, uh, or a porn studio. Look, it's not <laughs> what it sounds like. Uh, she's got so much anxiety about this cat dying, though. She's so worried about it. She she would have nightmares. Actually, she woke me up one night and she asked if we could put the cat's urn on display in a place of honor, right? Like put his put his urn up on the uh, on the mantle in the living room. And obviously, I suggested taxidermy, right? Uh, more of a conversation starter. She didn't like that, though. Uh, she didn't like that at all, so I took a step back. Took a step back because I feel like relationships are all about compromise. I told her, babe, look, uh, we can cremate the back half if you'll let me mount his head on the wall. So we're not together anymore, uh, but neither is the cat. So that's where that stands. I am dating again. One of my buddies, he keeps trying to set me up on dates. Uh, my friend actually asked me if I'd ever date an anti-vaxxer. I said, sure, right? Uh, if I was looking for something short-term, that might be how I do it. I did go on a date he set me up on, though. Uh, on the date, the woman I was there with, she told me she was a sapien sexual, and I was like, no homo? Turns out what she actually said was sapiosexual, which uh, I guess is when you only date men who know what that word means. I don't know what that word means. <laughs> my grandfather likes to give me dating advice too. He always suggests the same thing. My grandfather he always says, uh, he, he always says to lay out rose petals as a romantic gesture. Uh, I've never understood this romantic gesture because to me it just seems like you're buying very expensive flowers and making a mess. Like it doesn't add up. Uh, and like the thing is, like my grandfather, he's an old timey dude. I'm sorry, but uh, ladies, if he's laying out rose petals for you, he's gonna try to make you clean that up. He's not, <laughs> not a good person. All right. Uh, <laughs> He is a very old-timey dude. My grandfather was a doctor during the Korean War. That's how old he is. Uh, he <laughs> like I grew up in a military family. My dad uh, flew planes to the Air Force, and I started smoking weed in high school. So that's I think they call that legacy. I don't know. They're not <laughs> proud of me. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, did grow up in a military family. Kind of cool. You, you, you meet people from all different sorts of places. Uh, like I have this friend who's really Italian. Most Italian guy I've ever met. His name, uh, his name is Raffaele Michelli. And he hates it when I say his name that way. <laughs> he does not appreciate it at all. Uh, never going to stop saying it that way, though, because he found out one time I'd never had a cannoli before. So he insisted we go to a real Italian restaurant that evening. After dinner, the waitress came by and asked if we wanted anything for dessert. I said, yes, I'll have one cannoli, please. And she just chuckled. <laughs> she just chuckled. I turned to my buddy. He said, yeah, one cannoli. I actually called a cannolo. So <laughs> like, I don't know if he brought me there just to do that, okay? <laughs> I don't know if that was his goal, but that guy's worse than a grammar Nazi, okay? I think we can agree. That guy's a linguistic fascist. That's exactly what that is. He's like a, a Mussolini. No, I'm sorry, Mussolino, right? Uh, there's really just the one. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, it's, uh, 
fun to be here. Uh, I uh, I'm trying to improve my life a little bit. Uh, trying to trying to get things in order. One of my friends suggested uh, manifesting to kind of try to help uh, get myself back on track. Uh, thing like I, can't, I have a hard time getting into the manifesting thing though because uh, I feel like I believe in her more than she believes in herself, right? Because every manifesting story is the same. Every manifesting story is like I wanted something, I started manifesting it, I worked towards it, and I got it. And I think one of those steps might not be necessary. All right? <laughs> like I didn't manifest a donut. I went to Krispy Kreme. You understand? It's you didn't manifest your dream vacation, Jan. You saved up PTO. It's fine to have worked for things. Uh, it's. Okay. Uh, I, I did try it, though. I did try to get into it. Apparently, I've been doing it wrong. Uh, I, did, I did give it a shot. Apparently, what I've been doing is actually called suicidal ideation. So that's not the same thing, apparently. I didn't know. Uh, I quit therapy recently. I don't know if that's coming through. Uh, <laughs> don't know if you can tell. Uh, I quit therapy because I found out that my therapist lived in a houseboat. And that guy shouldn't be giving advice to anybody. <laughs> Like, that guy may have the degree, but he does not have the qualifications. You know, it's, like, I'm paying him $100 an hour, and he can't afford a house house. Are you kidding? Guy, it's so frustrating. Like, he didn't just decide to live down by the river. He decided to live on the river. You get what I'm, uh, I feel like some of you guys are on his side now. Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with, nothing's wrong with living on a houseboat. What's wrong with, uh, it's, it's giving me advice also. Like, I just, I don't believe in the advice. It's fine to make that choice. I, I will give him some credit, okay? Uh, when the ice caps melt, he'll still have seaside property. That's pretty cool. Give him that. Uh, it's also pretty cool to live in a place where piracy is still a legitimate concern. That's, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm just doing bullet journaling now uh, instead of therapy. For those of you who don't know what bullet journaling is, it's a note-taking system where you buy way too many highlighters and turn your feelings into an aesthetic competition. Uh, I do it a little bit differently, though. I take all the money that I would have spent on highlighters, and I just buy bullet bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I drink until I can be vulnerable with myself. That's my method. <laughs> uh, boy, I, uh, I'm also taking personality quizzes instead of therapy. Uh, personality quizzes are fun. Uh, I, don't, I don't like the BuzzFeed kind of personality quizzes. They ask you, the questions are too specific. They ask you, like, what genre of music are you, or... Uh, what house? What House of Dragons character has the same personal hygiene habits as your best friend from middle school? Right? They're just they're too specific. Uh, don't like it. I like the clinical exams. Uh, okay, there's a ghost here now. Uh, <laughs> apparently, welcome. Uh, I like the clinical exams. Uh, my favorite is the Big Five quiz. The biggest of the five for me was neuroticism. And when I saw that score, I asked myself, Oh, should I just take this a couple more times on a few different websites so I can average the results and really be sure? Turns out that question is the answer. That's how you know. Uh, started therapy when I was in middle school. Uh, my therapist, he told me about another client of his whose name was Alexander. That guy just went by the middle part of the name. That guy just went by uh, Zan. I thought that was so cool. Like I didn't know you could do that. It's incredible. Uh, at around the same time, my parents told me that we were going to be moving to California, so I got it in my head that I could reinvent myself, right? Uh, I figured I'd go by Zan. I'd learn to skateboard, and I'd start doing hard drugs. I had a five-year plan. Guys, my guidance counselor should have been so proud. Uh, we did not move to California, though. didn't happen. I uh, found out a little while later that Zan actually killed himself. Yeah, he was doing a different kind of bullet journaling. Uh, as you could say, I dodged that bullet, all right? It's or he took it for me. Look, it's not. You're groaning at a fake person, all right? This is not. Not a real guy. Uh, all right, we'll do a little palate cleanser before I bring up your next act. Uh, you guys like puns? I feel like this is a pun crowd. Uh, 
Here's a pun for you. Anybody here know the book Thus Spoke Zarathustra? Ah, really filled a Nietzsche market. All right, that's... <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring up your next act, everybody. Uh, please give a big warm welcome uh, to... Uh, oh, who was it going to be next? Uh, hold on. I, if I was good at my job, I would have known this already. Are there any more seats? There's two seats here that aren't taken, but I don't know what this coat's about. Um, okay. All right, right in the front. Uh, no, we got we got two seats up here, folks. Uh, everybody, start filled. Come on, come on in here. If you're a comic, if you're a comic who's on the show, get the fuck out. Uh, let the people <laughs> let the people who paid for tickets come in here, uh, please. Uh, by all means. Uh, are there folks? Are there folks still out there? Come on in. There's there's two seats up here. Nobody's gonna nobody. I mean, nobody should, you know, harass you or whatever. Yeah, if you paid for a seat, get in here. Get your money's worth. You have a ticket? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. How am I supposed to tell? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right. I'm gonna bring up your uh, your first act, everybody. Uh, it your first act. Uh, because I know that they're here, everybody. Give it up for Kathy Guest, everybody. Make some noise for Kathy Guest coming to the stage. Hey, everybody. There's seats up here. Come on in. Come on in. Oh my God, I so great to be part of the festival. I did comedy the other night as part of the festival, and I was hit on afterwards by this uh, much older man. Yeah, woo. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. It's nice to know that my Insure milkshake still brings the old boys to the yard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. And like before the pandemic, too, like if that would have happened, I would have been like, ew, no. And now I'm like, ew, maybe. this younger guy I'm, and, and I are talking afterwards the other night and he says to me he goes you know what you look great stop it he said for your age yeah he doesn't know what my age is but it's okay I said you know what that's such a nice compliment for your education level thank you thank you it's all good it's all good oh man good to be here so I actually spent 15 years in tech, a little bit about me. I was an executive in tech. Yes, hashtag lady business. Yeah, hey, which is exactly what I call my lady business. When I don't call it the C-suite. For obvious reasons. Yes, yes. And when I travel, people are like obsessed with it. They're like, oh my God, what was it like spending 15 years as an executive in very male-dominated tech? Well, the last company that I worked for had this kind of fun little tradition where everybody in the company got names. Like the IT guys, they were the it guys. The accountants were the dough bros. And then I got excited one day because they finally came up with a name for the women in my business division. Mm -hmm. Brenda and Christy. And my name is Kathy. So that sums up 15 years in tech. That's what that was. 15 years is a lucky number for me. Uh, I've been happily married for 15 years. Thank you. Um, it's weird because I've been married for over 20. <laughs> they can't all be equally happy. I don't make the rules. I don't. No, it's true. And that's a long time, and marriage is really hard. So, you know, ups and downs, of course. And, um, but I, you know, it's funny because when things got really hard and they did, like, I never considered divorce. Murder? Hell yes. Yes. 
I always know the married people in the audience. The married people in the audience are like, hell yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay, dial a murder. All right, we can do business later. You're the hitman. No, it's true. Absolutely. I can't give him, like, all my stuff. Divorce is out of the question. Silicon Valley is expensive. No, no, no. Plus, too, what happens if I divorce my husband? And he meets another woman, falls in love, and lives happily ever after. I can't take that risk. No, no. But here's what happened after 15 years, well, okay, over 10, of being happily married, yes, happily married, and two kids later, we didn't have two kids, two teenagers. They're a gift you can't return. Uh, Nobody told me, nobody warned me. Oh, my God. But here's what happens after so many years together is that your hormones change. So I'm at this place in my 40s where, like, my hormones are going crazy. Like, your PSA to the younger ladies, oh, my God, I am hungry all the time and horny all the time. Like, at the same time? True. Absolutely. And my husband will shoot me that look when the kids are out of the house, like, yeah, it's sexy time. And I'm like, I know you are not looking at me thinking we're going to have sexy time because you ain't got a damn sandwich in your hand. Go to the kitchen. Take care of business. He comes back, right, with his penis between two, you know, with bread, two slices of bread. Yes, yes. Gluten-free because I believe in healthy eating. But it's true. Now my fantasy threesome, right? It's me, a hot guy, and a sandwich truck. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. But I'm also at an age, too, where, you know, what I want is very simple in life. I figured it out. I just need a guy to take me orgasm and to take me antiquing. And I just hope that those two never meet. Simple. Very simple. It's true. Ah. So I butt-dialed Lyft the other day. I don't know how I did it. I butt-dialed Lyft, the ride-sharing service. They came to my house. They're like, did you call us? I'm like, I guess I did. It's like my dumb face <laughs> on the app. Yeah, I guess I did. And they're like, well, we got to charge you $5 for a no-show fee. Then I thought, you know what, $5, that's awesome. Because that is the cheapest butt-lift my ass is ever going to see. This is get better. And I learned, here's what I learned during COVID is that there's three levels of fitness. Three levels of fitness. There's fit, there's unfit, and holy shit, nothing fits. And I've done a couple of those at the same time. Easy, not a, not a problem, not a problem. But my husband, like, he's, like, super into fitness, and he gets me this I don't need it. It's a little much. But it's growing on me. It's totally growing on me because now I'm getting to track some really cool metrics. Like right now, for example, you guys, I'm tracking the number of steps I need to meet my goal of pretentious Silicon Valley assholes. I'm so close, you guys. Don't worry, I'll tell you all about it after the show. So, um, kind of leave you with this thought. Um, I'm also at a place in my 40s where I realize that I look like I work at Target. <laughs> so every time I'm at Target, like people look at me. Yeah, she works here. And it doesn't even bother me that they think I work there. There's people in retail workplace. But it bothers me a little bit that people look at me and they're like, you know what? That white lady looks like she knows where stupid shit is. <laughs> and you know what, you guys? They're right. <laughs> I do. I do. Like, I know near me in San Jose at the Target store, I know that the pregnancy tests are right next to the weed drug tests. But that can't stand. So here's what I did, ladies. 
I added some chocolate, some condoms and plan B, right, some music, some wine. And so I like to think of it as a value bundle for the ladies. Aisle 16, Cottle Road, San Jose. Tell them Kathy Guest sent you. Thanks, everybody. Keep making some noise for Kathy Guest, folks. Come on, give it up for Kathy. That was great. That was fantastic. Your next comic is, uh, is San Francisco's very own Dorian Trong, everybody. Give it up for Dorian. Giving it up. Hello, everyone. I, uh, you know, I'm a little flustered because I uh, got here late. Uh, I was signing a petition for anti-bullying. Yeah, thank you. But uh, I got to say, looking back at it, it's kind of stupid, you know? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to show up to a 13-year-old's home, like, with a list of names? Like, hey, stop having fun. Anyway, I <laughs> I, th I think the real the real reason I signed the petition is because, like, I, I remember how it felt to be, like, beaten up by a group of eighth graders, you know what I mean? It's a terrible feeling, uh, especially when you're 35. Because people don't help you when you're an adult and you're getting your ass kicked by kids. They just look. You know? It's funny, the whole time I was getting my ass beat, I was like, I'm going to get them back. <laughs> I'm going to do it by fucking their moms. Except that was, uh, was, uh, was not e as easy as I thought, you know what I mean? <laughs> I could have done like a million other things, but that was the first thought I had. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give it to their moms. But I just settled for their dads, you know, and a couple of uncles. Fine, fine. I'm, I'm having trouble, I was having trouble uh, looking for a job, uh, so then I decided to lie on my resume. And I worked like a charm, guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all I had to do was say, like, oh, I'm bilingual, and they just, they just believed me. It's weird. That's how I got my job at here at, uh, in the public defender's office. Whenever someone comes in uh, speaking a different language, I just use Google Translate, right? And then I type in there, I type in, uh, I was like, uh, if you ever come back, I'm going to call the cops. Yeah, I might not have a good job, um, but I am dating a white girl, which is uh, the American dream for, like, immigrants, you know what I mean? We still get into arguments, um, you know? Because of our cultural differences, like some, I, I sometimes I just get so frustrated whenever we're at a restaurant and she asks the waiter like what kind of wines they have. Because we're in a Chinese restaurant, I was like, we just ordered everything off the menu for like ten dollars. Like, why, why, why do you think we would have they would have good wine here? It makes no sense. Makes zero sense at all. My girlfriend recently asked me to go uh, to therapy. Uh, because she's tired of telling me what's wrong with me and she want to outsource it to someone else. And I don't want to go to therapy, and it's not because of stigma, you guys. I get I hear that a lot. They're like, men don't go to therapy because of stigma. And I don't think that's true. Because there's a stigma to public masturbation. But every public transit comes pre-installed with a pervert, just like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure, like, sometime in their life, like, some guy's like, hey, man. What about the stigma? He's like, oh, I don't know. This just feels too good. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an easier way to change your man, ladies, if you're uh, dating someone. And uh, it's a lot cheaper. You just give him some pussy. That's 
That's all you need. Just microdose them a little. Like, I can honestly see my own grandma, like, spontaneously combust in front of me, and I would be sad. But if, like, a nice lady came and was like, oh, you want some pussy? You know, I'll, be like, oh, I'll feel better immediately. I'll start walking down the street whistling and shit, you know, giving me like, one of these dumb salutes. Anyway. But, yeah, sometimes I, uh, sometimes I get into arguments with my girlfriend, and it's always a bad idea, you know, because I always forget how good she is at it. You know what I mean? She got me, like, backpedaling like I'm a president at a press conference, you know what I mean? Just, like, dodging shoes like George, George W. I started saying shit that don't even make sense. I'm like, oh. it was locker room talk. You know, I wasn't looking at her butt. It was too small. I can't see it. And one of her friends was chime in. Her friend was like, oh, CNB- CNBC, you said your girlfriend was a bitch. And I'm like, fake news! Yeah, so I try to make it up to her after a fight. So I take her to Daiso. You guys don't know what you guys don't know what Daiso is. It's a uh, it's like a 99 cent store, but like the Asian version of it, uh, which also means it's classier, but not because of the reason you think. You know, like the clientele is just a little better because in Daiso they just love to make you do math for no apparent reason. Like they. They clearly know that they're in the U.S., but they like to price everything in Japanese yen. You know, you get up to the front, they're like, oh, 3,000 yen equals a dollar and 50 cents, and you have 70,000 yen. How much do you owe? That's when you rob them. I'm just kidding. Like, people don't rob. You wouldn't rob because you don't know how much the things cost. You know, like in California... If you steal like anything over like nine hundred twenty-five dollars or something, it's like a felony. Every time I look down my basket, I'm like, oh, this could be like five dollars or it could be like a million dollars. I have no idea. I have no idea. I uh to get through my nerves right before I got here, I had period sex. Thank you. Thank you. She was a slave and I was a soldier from the Civil War. I said, uh, you're going to be fine, miss. You're going to be free in about five minutes. But right now. We didn't know if it was okay. She was like, oh, is it okay? Can we, can we do this? Is it all right? I was like, sure, babe, it's fine. You're white and I'm black. Totally fine. All right, that's my time. Let's bring uh, Alex back up here, everyone. <laughs> Keep clapping for Dorian Trong, everybody. San Francisco's very own. You made him. You created him. Uh, not on me. Uh, your next act, everybody. Your next act, uh, please make some noise for Molina Best, everybody. Make some noise for Molina Best. Coming up to the stage. Clap real loud all the way from Portland. How y'all doing tonight? Good. All right. So I took a Lyft ride to work the other day, and the driver was like, Melinda? I'm like, Melina. He's like, I think I gave you a ride before. I'm like, then why'd you get my name wrong, bitch? Like, (laughs) what the fuck? 
A little bit more about me. I I work in a dying industry. I'm a server at an old folks home. Most of the people I serve are regulars. So they're not like. There's one resident, Edith. She has a habit of eating her placemat. I mean, I can't really blame her. The service is pretty slow. I was <coughs> taking my time uh, getting to a resident's table, and she said to her table mate about me, well, mentally challenged. <laughs> I mean, I would have preferred a tip <laughs> on a medical diagnosis. <laughs> the other night a resident wanted a fork I brought over a fork and she said oh I took one from the other table because I <laughs> didn't have faith in you <laughs> I'm like lady your days are numbered so <laughs> last valentine's day uh President wanted to give me a tip, not a medical diagnosis. All that. I declined, and he slipped me a hundred. I said, "Replace or mine?" Like. <laughs> Last Valentine's Day. A resident told me they were going to write me into their will. So I quickly grabbed a pen and was like, can we do this while you're still lucid? Like <laughs> my favorite resident, though, he's 102. I've adopted him as my second grandpa. He doesn't like. He's like, maybe ease up on the affection. Like don't visit my room every day. It was my birthday recently. So and so I told him as much, and he was like, I'll take the soup. <laughs> I mean, I my daddy's hard of hearing. So I wrote it down, and he was like, he accurately guessed my age and asked, how old I thought he was. I said 32. <laughs> he was just wrecked. Not 32. He said, I'll take the meatloaf. <laughs> Can't win them all, you guys. So I've been with my boyfriend for about 10 years. I'm a hopeless romantic. And he's a cat. <laughs> I got a tattoo of him. <laughs> I told him he had to get one of me. <laughs> we got to the tattoo parlor, but he pussied out. I mean, it is forever. <laughs> 
So I'm thinking my next tattoo will be of me with a tattoo of me. <laughs> but my favorite part about having this tattoo is the people who will look at it and be like, is that your cat? Yeah, like, <laughs> how rude would it be to have someone else's cat on my arm? I did a comedy show in Portland, and afterward a guy was like, you were funny. I just forgot to say thank you. And he said, in a good way. <laughs> I I mean, I'm mentally challenged, so if I needed a clarification, <laughs> he provided. Um, a while back, I dated a human. That's all the age. <laughs> and he said, no offense, but are you autistic? He said, no offense. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> I'm not offended. Don't worry. I recently visited my grandparents, and my mom said, uh, tell your jokes to your grandma. And my grandma was like, I'm going to go hide in the closet. Right? That's what you... Uh, yeah, if you don't like me. I'll leave you with this. I um, took a another lift. It's funny. Uh, and the driver was like, "Have a good night, and remember to wake up in the morning." <laughs> Thanks for the tip. <laughs> I've been Melina Best. Have a good one. Clap more for Melina Best, everybody. You know the drill. Fantastic. All the way from Portland. So funny. Uh, your next act, your next act is another San Franciscan, uh, has the most Italian name I've ever heard in my life. Uh, please give it up for Lorenzo Barberi Scaratico or something like that. It's close. Yeah, I'm pretty close. <laughs> Clap some more for this guy. Come on. I'm not trying it again. As I promised, I'm not going to correct you on the way you pronounced it. I know it would trigger you a little bit. No, I'm kidding. kidding. Um, hey, everybody. Before I begin, I think you should know a little bit about the context as to why I'm doing this. So I'm a data scientist, and I work at the kind of university that would probably 